Welcome to Day of Destiny with Dr. Michelle Corral, author, prophetic teacher, and pastor of Breath of the Spirit Prophetic Word Center. Dr. Corral can be seen weekly, nationwide, and around the world on her weekly telecasts that air on God TV, Impact, and Word Network. Now, let's join Dr. Corral by experiencing Day of Destiny, designed with your highest destiny in mind. Now, here is Dr. Corral. Welcome to our program today. I'm Dr. Michelle Corral, and I want to welcome you to the prophetic word. Today, beloved people, I believe God is getting you ready for the new biblical year. You know, beloved people, the calendar that God gave to Israel was given with dates, not secular dates, but dates that God designed with destiny. And I believe as you look at God's biblical calendar, you will understand days that are defined with destiny, days with your prophetic purpose in mind. You see, the calendar that God gave was a calendar not from men and not after the secular system. It was a calendar that God gave to the children of Israel when they left Egypt. Why? Because leaving Egypt means a new beginning. It means a whole new life. It means days designed with destiny, whereas before there was no hope, there was no destiny, there was nothing but slavery. And so God ordained that everything become new. It was so new that God said, it won't begin in the winter, it won't begin in the fall, it's going to begin in the springtime. And I want you to understand something. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 2, God said, This shall be the beginning of months to you. It is the first month of the year to you. Now, beloved, the reason I'm so excited today is, of course, the biblical new year, the biblical calendar, rather, begins in springtime. But the biblical new year begins in the fall. I want you to understand, you say, wow, Dr. Corral, I'm very confused. You said the biblical, the, the beginning of months, the calendar begins in the spring, but the new year begins in the fall. What's going on here? I am speaking about 7-1, Rosh Hashanah, the most powerful time of the year when God breaks the cycles, when he stops the cycles, when he begins a whole new thing in our life, when everything begins to change, that's Rosh Hashanah. And I want you to understand something. Rosh Hashanah is known as not only the biblical new year, but it's also the day of judgment. And this year, Rosh Hashanah is so supernatural because why? God ordained that there be a secular segment of time, that's the earthly calendar, and a supernatural segment of time. Rosh Hashanah is the supernatural segment of time. And do you know something? This is what's so exciting. It is the prophetic prefiguring of the second coming of Christ. Yes, beloved, it is so powerful because Rosh Hashanah is judgment day. It's the day of judgment. 
It's the day, beloved saints, as the Bible says in Leviticus 23, verse 24, the Bible says, in the seventh month, in the first day of the month, you will have a holy convocation, a Shabbat in all of your dwellings, a memorial, a blowing of the trumpets. So it's also a day of remembrance when God is going to remember you. Did you know that Joseph came up out of the pit on Rosh Hashanah? And did you know that God remembered Noah because it's a day of remembrance on Rosh Hashanah? And the Bible says that the ark rested in the seventh month, in the 17th day of the month, everything became new. I believe that God is going to cause everything to become new for you this year as we begin to study the powerful, incredible, supernatural secrets in God's word concerning the biblical new year. Now let's go live to your Belinda, to our service where we are teaching on the supernatural secrets of Rosh Hashanah and the biblical new year blood of Jesus speaks better things than that of Abel and the blood of Jesus is terror to demons. So I want you to understand that the way that we are going to see heaven's proof, I want you to understand the evidence that's being presented is in the form of profiling. It is in the, uh, it is in the form of samples, similitudes and patterns. I want you to understand God always speaks in patterns. When he is speaking prophetic mysteries, prophetic mysteries are delivered in the form of patterns. The Bible tells us in Exodus chapter 25, verse eight, the Bible says uh, that you shall build a sanctuary according to the pattern shown to you on the mount. And then again in 1 Chronicles chapter 28, when David was building the temple, the Bible says, according to the pattern shown to him by the Spirit. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 8 verse 5, that these things that were on earth were a shadow and a pattern and a type of the true tabernacle in heaven. Therefore, we understand that the patterns that we see throughout the scripture, in the various forms of sacrifice, in the substitutionary sacrifice. And everywhere that we see atonement, we see blood evidence. We see that God is presenting the burden of proof, that heaven is presenting the burden of proof of what was accomplished on Calvary's cross. And the evidence that's being presented is God's word. You see, there are many different types of evidence. There is circumstantial evidence that really is flimsy. You can't really, you cannot bank on it. And then there is evidence that's testimonial evidence. That's very powerful evidence. But again, you have to examine the witness. Is the witness giving you, is the witness that's giving the evidence a reliable witness? Well, I want to tell you today that the reliable witness is the word of God. That everything God has written in his word concerning the blood, everything God has written in his word concerning what happened 
at every sacrifice will miraculously match. It will miraculously be the revealing of what took place on Calvary's cross. I want you to understand, dear people of God, that all throughout the Bible there are types, there are shadows that show us the work, the finished work of Calvary. But I want you to understand it would not be blood evidence if it didn't match perfectly. Today I'm going to show you a piece of blood evidence miraculous matches that we see in God's word. I want you to open with me to the book of Exodus, the 12th chapter. And we are going to look at Exodus 12, verses 12 and 13. This is a messianic revelation of supernatural liberation. And here we're going to see it. In Exodus 12, the Bible says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I will smite the land of Egypt and all of the firstborn in the land of Egypt. Verse 13 says, if we go back up in the verse in Exodus 12, 12, he says, I will execute judgment against the gods of Egypt, for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I will smite all the firstborn of the land of Egypt. The Bible says in verse 13, beloved saints, we need to see this. This is so powerful. In verse 13, the Bible says, And this blood shall be a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you in the houses where you are. Now, beloved saints, I want you to understand, we're going to look at this word and we're going to break it up just for a moment. I want you to understand this blood shall be a token. This word token is the word wuth in Hebrew and it is spelled Aleph Vav Tav. I want you to understand Aleph Vav Tav is a very powerful messianic spiritual similitude because we're going to see that it matches perfectly with the word of God. We are going to see that really um, we're going to see when we look at the name of Jesus, we're going to see that he presents himself in the book of Revelation as Alpha and Omega. But I want you to see that the real name of Jesus that is presented here, of course, Alpha and Omega is a treasured name. That's the Greek version. But I would like to translate it from Greek to Hebrew. And when we translate it from Greek to Hebrew, we have a much deeper understanding because we read in Revelation 22, verse 13, Anoki Aleph Vatav, Rishon Ba'acharon, Rosh Bashov, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. But notice how it begins with Aleph Vav Tav. It is the very same words, Aleph, Vav, Tav, that we see in Exodus chapter 12, verse 13. And this blood shall be an Aleph and a Tav upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not destroy you up upon the houses where you are when I smite the land of Egypt. Now, beloved saints, 
I want you to see this very carefully. Not only are we translating the beautiful words of Jesus from Revelation chapter 22, verse 13, we are seeing that Alpha and Omega is Greek, and we know Jesus did not speak Greek to John. Number one, John's original language was not Greek, it was Hebrew. He was born in the village of Bethsaida, which was a fishing village of about 600 kosher Jews. I want you to understand that Greek was a secondary language and we do not know how well John spoke the Greek language. We do not know if John had a scribe to write the things down that he wrote. But we do know this. We know that John's original language was Hebrew. And Jesus is not going to speak Greek to John, who speaks Hebrew. He's going to be speaking um, the Loshan HaKadosh. He's going to be speaking Hebrew to him. So we need to understand that we can easily translate I am Alpha and Omega to I am Aleph and Tav. So therefore, when he says, this blood shall be an Aleph and a Tav upon the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not destroy you upon the houses where you are when I smite the land of Egypt. Now, beloved people, I want you to understand this word token and understand it just a little bit deeper. First of all, this word token or wut in Hebrew, when it is translated from Hebrew to English, it literally means memorial. This blood shall be an aleph tov or a memorial upon the houses where you are. A memorial, and it is also in Hebrew, this word, aleph bav tov, also means it shall be not only a memorial, but it also means to point to the future. This blood shall point to something that shall take place in the future, a miraculous match. Why? Because exactly 1400 years after the very first Passover, we see at the very same time, I want to direct your attention to the Bible in Exodus chapter 12. And I want you to look at verse six. Verse six says, you shall kill it in the evening. Speaking of the Passover. To kill it in the evening is not six o'clock. It actually translates in the original language, you shall kill it between the evenings. Between the evenings is a time that was in Roman times that was approximately um, between the first evening, it is written in historical documentation, the first evening is what would be 12 noon at our time or the sixth hour. And the last evening would be uh, six hours later. So that between the evenings would be at the ninth hour or three o'clock p.m. So you're going to kill it at three o'clock p.m. our time. That's exactly what time the Passover was killed. Now I want you to see this matching evidence from the time the first Passover lamb was killed 1400 years later on a hill called Mount Calvary at three o'clock in the afternoon because the Bible gives us the time in Mark's gospel. In Mark's gospel, the 15th chapter, the Bible tells us that he was brought out to be crucified. And the Bible says in the 25th verse, the Bible says it was the third hour when they crucified him. This is the exact hour beloved saints of the first offering that would be offered in what was called the tamid. 
The tamid was a special lamb that was a perpetual offering, a continuous offering. It brought the presence of God down over the tabernacle and it was the place where God would speak to man. It served as an intermediary between heaven and earth. God gave the commandment in the book of Exodus that was very, very clear. And he said in the 29th chapter, the Bible tells us in Exodus 29 that you shall take two lambs. And the Bible says in the 38th verse, and you shall slay one in the morning and one in the evening. And these lambs shall be continually offered. This is why they're called the tamid. So I want you to see that at nine o'clock, the first lamb would be offered. And I want you to understand that the Bible is very clear. Mark knows this very well when he wrote his gospel. And the Bible tells us in Mark chapter 15, looking at verse 25, the Bible tells us, and they took Jesus out to be crucified. And it was the third hour. The third hour is nine o'clock in the morning, our time. This is Roman time, the third hour, the exact time, the morning tamid, the shakarit, the very time in the morning that it would be offered to God. And then we see for six hours, Jesus hung on the cross. But I want you to understand the hour that he died. The hour that he died, beloved people, is the same time that the second offering would be offered, the evening sacrifice, which would be offered between the evenings. And the Bible tells us that Jesus gave up the ghost at the ninth hour, which would be ninth hour Roman time, but it would be the three o'clock in the evening, our time. I want you to see the blood evidence. I want you to see the perfect match. I want you to see the prophetic profiling. I want you to see that there is a burden of proof being established here, that every sacrifice that we are going to see in the word of God matches explicitly. It matches perfectly, and it shows us what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. I want you to understand that this Day of Atonement, when we look at the Day of Atonement, we are going to understand what Calvary purchased, what Calvary bought. We are going to see the great high priest, hallelujah, who also became the sacrifice for you and for me. Now, in conclusion, I want to show you that the Bible is very explicit the way that the blood was applied. You did not just apply the blood to the doorpost and say, hallelujah, we just splashed the blood on. No, we are, have to understand that the Bible is going to go into very specific details with specific words. We understand that biblical Hebrew is a very explicit language and that there are concepts behind the words. We also need to understand that when the Bible is speaking words that the, 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 the word random does not appear. I want you to understand in the original text there's no such thing as a random word in the Bible. I want you to understand that every word has been selected by God to describe. And I want you to see that the way the blood was to be applied to the doorpost, the way the blood was to be applied was very specific. And again, 
we will see another piece of blood evidence producing heaven's burden of proof to show you that it was through the blood of the lamb that you were set free, to show you that it was through the blood of the lamb that you are healed, to show you through the blood of the lamb that your family is going to be free, to show you that through the blood of the lamb by his stripes you were already healed. Through this blood you have been given life. And so the Bible tells us very carefully in Exodus chapter the Bible says in Exodus chapter 12, as we look at it very carefully, I want you to see what the Bible is saying in verse, in verse 7. The Bible says here very carefully, and they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two sides of the doorpost. The Bible is telling us, you shall strike it on the two sides of the doorpost. And the Bible says um, very carefully, the Bible says, and they shall put it on the upper post of the houses wherein you shall eat it. Now, beloved saints, I want you to understand this word strike is not a word that just means splash it. It is the word that is used in the Hebrew language for wound. You shall wound it. It is the very same word that is used in Isaiah 53. The Bible says he was wounded for our transgressions. It is the word nagat, to strike, to wound. And I want you to understand when the Bible is saying you shall take the blood and you shall strike it. That seems a little strange. Wouldn't you say you shall just apply it? Wouldn't you say you shall just wipe it? Wouldn't you say you shall just uh, place it somehow on the doorpost? But it doesn't say that. The Bible is very specific. It says that it shall be wounded. You shall wound the door with it. You shall strike it. This uh, language that is being used is Isaiah 53 language. All right. And the Bible is telling us that it is going to be it is going to be placed at both sides of the doorpost and it shall go across the doorpost, forming a perfect het, letter het in the Hebrew language. And I want you to understand the letter het. The letter het is related to the word heim, which means light. So I want you to see life in the blood. The Bible says in Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, the Bible says, for the life of all flesh is in the blood, for the blood shall make an atonement for your souls. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you praise and we give you glory for the anointing of the blood of Jesus. We want to thank you tonight, wonderful Lord, that on the day that Aaron was anointed, you gave specific instructions, Heavenly Father, to Moses to say to take the oil and take the blood and put it upon, put the oil and put the blood upon the garments of Aaron. I want you to understand that the oil and the blood represent the atonement anointing. The oil represents the power of the Holy Spirit in the blood. And today, Father God, we give you praise that the oil in the blood of Jesus is delivering God's people from every sickness, every disease, every malady. And in the name of Jesus, this day of atonement, God, just as in the year of Jubilee, that the year of Jubilee did not start on Rosh Hashanah, that in the year of Jubilee, Father God, the new year begins on Day of Atonement. 
And Lord, we give you praise that Lord, every man shall return to his family and every man shall return to his possession. We are taking back what the enemy has stolen. We're taking back our lives. We're taking back our children. We're taking back our health. We're taking back our places. And we give you praise and thanks. Thank you for joining us today. I'm so glad you joined us. You mean so much to this ministry. You know, beloved people, I believe that just as God remembered Hannah on Rosh Hashanah and just as Abraham took up his son to the mountain and was willing to sacrifice his son, but of course he could not because the ultimate sacrifice was made by God the Father giving his only begotten son. But as a result of that test, God said to Abraham, because you have done this, because you have not withheld your son, your only son who you love, in blessing I will bless you, and in multiplying I will multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven and the sand of the seashore. Do you know what that means? That means that every single one of us in Christ, because of the sacrifice of Jesus, now we as Gentiles have access to all the promises that God gave to Abraham. And I want you to know, taking possession over the oppression of the enemy is one of the Rosh Hashanah blessings. Why? Because it was on that Rosh Hashanah the day that, that uh, Abraham took his son up to the mountain and the ram was caught by its horn in the thicket. This is why when God sees a ram's horn, he remembers the promise that he made to Abraham and his descendants. You are one of those descendants if you are in Christ because the Bible says, in Galatians 3:29, if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. This means you shall possess the gates of your enemies. So the victory is already won. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. You shall take possession over the oppression of the enemy. Today, beloved, I want to pray for you. You are so precious to us and to God. And I'm praying for you to have victory because in these last days, the battle has shifted. You are not in the same kind of battle you were five years ago or three years ago or even last year. It's because God's going to use you so greatly. It is because God has his hand on you and it is because God is anointing you with a new prophetic purpose. So rise up and go forward into your destiny. Heavenly Father, today, I pray for every person that has viewed this telecast. I pray, Father God, that you feed them with the greatest manna. This week, let it be the most anointed week they've ever had with revelation, impartation, and supernatural manifestation of your spirit in their lives. Amen and amen. God bless you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us today on Day of Destiny. 
we invite you to our website at mydayofdestiny.com where you can easily access other podcasts and obtain your copy of Dr. Corral's latest book, Secrets of the Anointing. Also, we want to take this moment to invite you to engage in extending your hand of kindness by planting your seed or offering for multitudes that include orphans, providing water wells, providing medical supplies, clinics, feeding programs, and many other services to the suffering church and through efforts of evangelism worldwide. Just go to our website and click the donate button or text to give. Text HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. That's HESED, to 7797. You are also invited to visit Dr. Michelle Corral Facebook or Instagram. We look forward to having you encounter the anointing with us on our next Day of Destiny podcast.